Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers and I'm a health and nutrition coach and nutritional balancing practitioner. Today I'm interviewing Nikki Moses of MosesNutrition.com. She is a nutritional balancing practitioner in the Los Angeles area and nutritional balancing science is very much a detoxification program that uses several methods to detox heavy metals and chemicals that are making us sick. And we're gonna go today into painful detail about everything you never wanted to know about coffee enemas. So get ready. And I have to do a little disclaimer. Please keep in mind that the Live to 110 podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or health condition. This podcast is solely informational in nature and is not a substitute for medical advice. So please consult your healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment you hear on the show. Personally, I think that coffee enemas are one of the best ways of cleansing the liver, the colon, and speeding up detoxification processes in the body. Because, you know, all toxins must be processed by your liver, which is a near impossible job in our toxic world today. Coffee enemas provide a means for your liver to dump its toxic load of chemicals and even excess estrogen and heavy metals into the intestines for elimination. And today, Nikki is going to get into the nitty gritty of coffee enemas. And our coffee talk is going to span their benefits. How often should you do them? What kind of coffee is best? How should you make the coffee? What kind of equipment is best? Are they safe? Which is a big question and concern people have. We're going to talk about how to do an enema, and basically, we are going to cover it all. So, (laughs) hello, Nikki. Thanks for being on the show again. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, let's turn our talk uh, to coffee enemas. Uh, This method really seems to freak people out, especially the guys. But why are they an integral part of a nutritional balancing program or really any detoxification program? Well, as you mentioned earlier, the liver has to process all the toxins that are being dumped by the body. And so when you're doing a detoxification protocol, you're moving toxins from all kinds of tissues in the body. You know, usually if you're doing a correct detoxification protocol, you know, things come out of the bones. They come out of the ligaments, the organs, fat tissue. All of that has to be sent through the liver. So when you're trying to heal the body uh, and these toxins are starting to dump, the liver gets worked very hard. It can get a little bit overloaded. And so the coffee enemas really assist in moving those toxins out and releasing some of that burden on the liver. They have a lot of other benefits as well, but that's one of the key reasons if you're doing any type of detoxification, why they are so important. Uh, they aren't. They are optional uh, when you're doing a nutritional balancing program, but uh, very highly recommended, and in some cases, fairly essential. Some people moving through the detoxification aspect of a nutritional balancing program really find that they need the coffee enemas to smooth that process along. Well, how exactly do they work to detoxify you? Well, one thing is they do increase bile flow. Bile is a substance released by the liver. It's stored in the gallbladder and released also by the gallbladder. And bile is one of the means in which the liver releases toxins. It's the way the liver moves toxins out into the small intestines, which then it filters down and and is carried out by the feces. 
So increasing bile flow helps the liver to release more of these toxins. Uh, the bile is transported more quickly out of the body when doing coffee enemas, so you don't get as much reabsorption of the bile, which then you may reabsorb toxins if you were you know, to reabsorb that bile. So it really pulls that out very quickly. And it, when you do a coffee enema, you usually get a pretty instant release of bile. So these toxins that are built up just flush right out of the liver. Um, but it has other benefits as well, too. You know, your toxic colon is a, is a big issue today. Most people, the colon is one of the most diseased organs in the body. And it, the toxins do build up. Fecal matter gets impacted. You know, mucosal linings get you know, old and they, they should be shedding and they're not. And they're full of toxins. You get infections in the intestines. So the coffee enema actually directly clears a lot of that out of the colon. And the more you do, the usually the cleaner the colon gets. We have a lot of people uh, over the years who have gone in for their colonoscopies, right, as they get older. And, and when they've been doing coffee enemas for a number of years, we get rave reviews from the doctors. They're amazed at how clean their colons are. So part of the detoxification is just directly in the colon. But it's important to remember that's really not the main purpose. It really has to do with the liver. Uh, it also has to do with increasing glutathione activity in the body, which is a very important part of your detoxification systems. Something in the coffee stimulates uh, better utilization of the glutathione. So it's not just a liver cleanse. Really, we find that the whole body cleanses also while doing a coffee enema. Why do we need increased glutathione for detoxification? Well, it's just one of the components of the processes of elimination in the body, and it's an important one. Truthfully, what the coffee enema seems to upregulate is the glutathione S transferase, and it's part of the a part of that glutathione system that attaches certain things to the glutathione. So it's not necessarily that we're creating more glutathione, but we're allowing that whole process to function a little bit better with coffee enemas. And truthfully, there is a lot about coffee enemas we don't know. Yeah, it's you know when drug companies go in to release a, a medical drug. You know, they spend billions of dollars sometimes and definitely millions doing research uh, because they can then recover those expenses when they start selling the drug uh, or, it, you know, a medical device, for example. You know, with coffee enemas, there's no money to be made to recover a lot of the research expenses. So there's a lot more to be done. And we don't really know all the reasons why it, it enhances detoxification. And this is mostly empirical evidence you know, spanning, you know, over 30 years, at least with Dr. Wilson, he's been doing uh, coffee enemas for more than 30 years. And uh, he's the founder of nutritional balancing science, right? So uh, some of what we see, we've just seen and other researchers and physicians have noticed and, and having their patients do coffee enemas. Yeah, I've heard actually that the glutathione that it, it helps attach to the heavy metals to take it out. Because the body just can't, this is from what I, I understand, that the body just can't release heavy metals, that they have to be attached to a glutathione molecule or an alpha lipoic acid molecule or vitamin right. C in order to come out. Exactly. They're attached to a number of different things. That's all, a lot of that's what the liver does, is it enzymatically processes the toxins. And they talk about phase one, phase two, you know, phase three liver detox. It's all these processes that alter these um, these toxins or attach them to something so they can be carried out. You know, some are released into the blood and, and carried out through the kidneys. A lot go out through the bowel. Some go out through the lungs, some the skin. You know, so all of that processing is part of, of how these things are removed and even what system removes them.
So what are some of the other benefits that the the coffee enemas have? I know for me, I had a period where about a month where I stopped doing them and my skin got really congested. You know, I, yes. by my, all my clog, my pores got clogged and I thought, what is going on? And then I just was busy writing my book on weight loss. And then uh, I started doing them again. I thought I got to get back to my detox program. My skin instantly cleared up. Yeah, that's a, that's a common report. Uh, the skin is an eliminative organ. It's one of our you know major eliminative organs. And what happens when the liver gets backed up is the toxins tend to start pushing out through the skin, and then it can cause acne and other skin conditions. There are other links between liver health and the skin as well. So keeping your liver clean, keeping it healthy is actually a very big component in skin health. So a lot of people report improvements. I uh, have a client who started coffee and it was actually before she came to me. She had severe hives, severe chronic hives. You're talking, you know, the level where people go to the hospital, very swollen, welting, head to toe. And she credits coffee enemas with saving her life. She didn't even do the full program at that point. She just did the coffee enemas and it actually got rid of the hives. Well, I've heard they're amazing for headaches and pain disorders as well. They are. Coffee enemas have a great impact on pain relief. It's one of their benefits. Headaches as well. Sometimes a headache is caused by toxins circulating around in the body. And when you do the coffee enema, you help remove those toxins and so it can ease a headache. I have many clients who use coffee enemas for migraine prevention. They start to get a little touch of that migraine and they go do a coffee enema and very often the migraine is, is stopped right there. It doesn't fully express itself and it just goes away. So it has a lot more benefits than you would imagine. Anything related to toxicity in the body, any symptom, which is pretty much any disease state today, those, those are all benefited by the coffee enemas. Yeah, and nausea too. Every time I get nauseous, I do an enema and it's gone. It's amazing. Yes. Yes, that's another one. Exactly. So, you know, anything from arthritis to even cancer has shown benefits with doing coffee enemas. Yeah. How does that affect cancer? That's something I'm really interested in because I know in the, the Gerson protocol and uh, the, the Kelly protocol that nutritional balancing recommends for cancer treatment is, uh, or healing cancer rather, that they use coffee enemas as a major part of the protocol to detox the liver. Can you explain that? Why that's a good... Um, method to address cancer? Well, I can get into that a little bit. Yes, as, as you know, Wendy, we don't really promote um, nutritional balancing science as a, a cancer therapy. It isn't. Yeah. Um, but the Gerson method definitely is, and they still use it to this day. They recommend currently about five coffee enemas per day for a number of years for cancer patients. And the reason for this is the liver is responsible not just for detoxifying the body. It has so many functions, so many thousands of chemical actions it does. And when you're dealing with cancer, the liver is very important. And when you're killing off cancer, the, the those are all toxins that are released from those dying cells. All the byproducts of that have to be carried out of the body. And that's where the liver really comes into play, especially in cancer you know, therapy, is that the liver is worked extremely hard while you're killing off cancer. And it needs to be kept in good health to continue that process safely and, and effectively for the body. So when you do the coffee enemas, it, it stimulates the liver, it helps clear the debris out, which then allows the, the body to you know, better fight the cancer. Okay, yeah, I, I really like that explanation because I think that it's, 
something people really need to hear. There's so many other ways to, you know, assist the body in healing cancer other than just the standard treatment you, your doctor recommends. Yes, exactly. And coffee enemas by themselves are not full cancer therapy. Yeah. They're a part of that Gerson method. Yeah. And also I've heard some people, um, you know, mention that they worry about probiotics being washed out of their colon by an enema. And I've heard many, many, you know, different kinds of health practitioners recommending against coffee enemas or any kind of enema or colon therapy for this reason. Do you find it um, that plausible that when you do a coffee enema that it's washing out all of the good bacteria and probiotics? I haven't seen that in my experience, and neither has Dr. Wilson in his 30 years of doing this. A lot of it depends on how you're doing a coffee enema. Colonics, for example, are very different. You know, there's a lot of inflow of water with a colonic, and then, then it goes out, and then you feel more, and it's in and out, in and out through the whole colon, right? A lot of volume of water. Yeah, I know. I've done those, and they fill you until you're about to explode, <laughs> and exactly. then they, they empty out, so it's very different. It is very different, yes. We use about two cups of, of liquid total, and it's not in, out, in, out, in, out, which can, if you do that too often, can strip some necessary things in the bowel, and that's where people may report more problems, or if they're doing coffee enemas incorrectly. There are a lot of methods out there that will have a person fill with a quart of liquid and then release and fill again and release. I've, I've had people come to me doing coffee enemas with you know, on their own before coming to me who, you know, might go through two gallons of liquid doing, you know, one enema. And that can be a little bit too much. But truthfully, your, your bowel is designed to pass through fecal matter and fluids, all of this without losing those probiotics. Yeah, because they're, they're in the mucosal lining of the intestines. They're not going to be just washed away that easily. They aren't. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any left just from our normal body functions. Yeah. And how often should you do them? Well, it depends on on what you're doing. Uh, With our protocol, we recommend at least one a day generally is beneficial, sometimes more often than that. You can do up to four a day. Sometimes you're going through a a major detoxification that day. I've even had clients occasionally do five in a day occasionally when they really need it. So ideally one a day is, is great any time you do it, it is helpful. Some people can only do them on the weekends. Well, great, do them on the weekends. Don't think that because you can't do it every day that you shouldn't do it. You know, any amount that you do, even once a month is beneficial. They are beneficial on an individual basis. You know, of course, doing them more often is better though. And how long does someone need to do them? Like, do they have to do them forever, their whole life? Or do they need to do them a year? Like, what... That's, you know, pretty frequently the every day. How long does that need to be sustained for detoxification? Well, everyone's different and everybody comes to their healing process with a different toxic load and and other factors. So it's a a matter of how far you want to go also. The body can remove toxins at, at very deep levels. We think of toxins in terms of often in terms of you know chemicals that you ingest from the environment toxic metals but there are a lot of other toxins in the body many of them made by the body itself and most people are so overloaded with external toxins that that internal debris doesn't get to be released because the body's too overloaded things like damaged proteins that the cells have generated eventually as you continue your healing 
you know, those start to come out too. So sometimes you're dealing with other types of toxins than the typical you know, toxins you would think of. And that happens usually later on in the healing process. And the coffee enemas are very helpful for that too. So people can continue coffee enemas for years if they want. I haven't seen any negative effects from continued coffee enemas. I'm talking about people who've done them for 10 plus years. I've been doing them myself off and on for 13 years. Oh, wow. Yep, and I'll take a break sometimes, and my bowel movements come right back. They're not addictive in that sense. You don't become dependent on the coffee enemas. You do go back to normal bowel function. In fact, for many people, the coffee enemas actually tone the bowel. They have trouble going to the bathroom normally, and after doing a series of coffee enemas, because the enema actually you know, forces a contraction in there, it helps tone those muscles so that they actually have better bowel movements after stopping the enemas. Yeah, and I've, I definitely recommend it to any of my clients that have constipation or IBS. They're invaluable. And even myself, if I ever find myself constipated, that it's really an amazing, tremendous relief. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really does assist that. And it helps to heal the colon. It, it, they really do. You're, you're pulling all that impacted fecal matter out. You're getting rid of, of you know, debris that's been stuck in there for a really long time. All these things that interfere with the natural processes of the bowel. You know, another factor I actually didn't mention earlier, but probably should have, is that the alkaline acid balance in the intestines is very important. Your small intestine is generally alkaline. And when the bile dumps from doing the coffee enema, bile is alkaline. So it assists in, in creating the proper environment in the small intestines. Now the bowel should be slightly acidic. When you get down to the large intestine, that's where it turns acidic again. Well, coffee is acidic. So when you're implanting that coffee, you are now helping the bowel to become a little bit more acidic, which the, the good probiotics in there, all of the various tissues in the bowel thrive better in that environment. So again, that has a healing effect on the large intestines when you do a coffee enema. And uh, there's another big question that I always hear on you know, Facebook groups or other questions people have. What kind of coffee is best to use? I know Dr. Wilson, he likes dark coffee and other people say you have to use organic. I personally like S.A. Wilson coffee. It's specifically for coffee enemas. Um, some people say use Folgers in the red can if you're on a budget. What is your opinion? It's very confusing. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, generally, I've tried all different coffees. I've tried the fancy coffee enema coffee, and I've tried just regular coffee. I've been in hotel rooms and used Starbucks coffee. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, they all generally work as long as you're using a caffeinated coffee. You do not want to use decaffeinated coffee. Uh, ideally, you do want organic just because you are implanting this in your body and it is best to avoid pesticides where possible. But yes, the Red Folgers can of coffee is a popular choice for budget-friendly reasons and if you can't find an organic coffee. So many are available online. It's actually very easy to get a hold of that. S.A. Wilson coffee is popular because it's designed for coffee enemas or it's promoted that way. I have clients who like it and I have clients who don't respond as well to it. Sometimes it's a matter of trying different kinds of coffee. You know, Dr. Wilson likes coffee from South America, uh, which may be better. <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> yeah, very specific. But, you know, that's where a lot of our coffee comes from, you yeah. know, historically. Um, so it's it's a matter of personal choice. You know, the darker the roast, the less caffeine. But we're talking, you know, very small percentages here when yeah. you're dealing with reduction in caffeine as you roast that coffee. It's, it's almost negligible. Although darker roasting may bring out other 
compounds in the coffee. So I do tend to towards the medium to dark roast when doing it. But again, the important thing is just to get started with these. It can get very complex and you can think, oh my, I have to go and find the perfect enema contraption and the perfect coffee. No, just get started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as it's caffeinated, definitely do not use decaf. And ideally try to find a high quality or organic coffee. And then there are issues if you want to take it further, such as getting whole coffee beans that tend to be more fresh, less rancid, uh, and you can grind them, you know, yourself or buy them whole. Like Trader Joe's sells a lot of whole coffee beans and you pour it in their machine and they grind it for you on the spot and then you put it back in the can, right? That's more fresh. So options like that can be better. But again, it's best just to, to just to get started. Yeah, I like what you told me when I first started working with you. You were my nutritional balancing practitioner when I first started. And you told me you can't screw it up. You can't screw up the coffee on it, but just do it. Don't overthink it. You just do it. Yeah, they're very hard to mess up. And almost everything is normal. You know, you call up and I didn't release the enema. That's normal. You know, all these things, it happens. So, yeah, you just want to get started. Really, the the one thing you want to be careful of is not to use coffee that's too hot. (laughs) That's the one way you can really mess it up. Ouch. Yeah. Yes. So so I tend to think that the uh, Arabica beans, that's the beans that are in Folgers and typically the beans that are grown in South America or the cheaper coffees are Arabica beans and these have higher caffeine amounts in them. So what, what is the caffeine doing? Why do you have to have caffeine in the coffee that you're using for a coffee enema? That's a good question. It definitely is one of the components in increasing the bile flow. And when they were first doing research in coffee enemas, and I think it was about 1917, uh, they were actually not using necessarily coffee. They were researching the effects of caffeine when used in that manner. So caffeine does seem to be one of the key components. I'm not sure why it does what it does. You know, you're absorbing these things through the wall of the bowel. That is what's happening. You do absorb it. These, the blood flow moves straight to the liver, so the caffeine is moving to your liver. And, of course, there are caffeine effects when you're doing a coffee enema. If you're very sensitive to caffeine, you should start really slowly. Some people need to use just a pinch of coffee grinds in their enema, and occasionally people are too sensitive to caffeine to actually do coffee enemas. Uh, but that is, the, that is the big active component, one of them in increasing that bile flow. Well, I've read that uh, one of the reasons caffeine, you have to have the caffeine in the coffee is that, you know, the portal vein that connects the liver to the intestines, that that, um, what coffee does is it makes your blood vessels expand. And so, yeah, it dilates. And then that helps the liver dump into the colon. Yes, that, that is true as well. Definitely. Yeah, so it's, it's, it just doesn't work when you don't do the caffeine. That's really what the research was centered around. Now, coffee has a lot of other compounds in it. Again, research is still continuing as to why these are so powerful, why they create the, the observable benefits that you know practitioners have noticed. Uh, but caffeine does appear to be one of the, the main components in that, uh, in, in moving things to the liver and getting the liver to dump that bile. And so, so after you brew the coffee, how, how should you filter it or not? That's why I like the S.A. Wilson because it's kind of a large grind and I just have to pour the liquid off. But if you grind it too fine, then you, you find you're going to have to filter it. Yeah, it really isn't damaging to put coffee grinds into your colon, right? It's not really harmful to do that. The problem is that they clog up the enema tube. So it is a good idea not to have grinds in your in your enema because that's the 
the risk is that you go to do your enema and nothing comes out of the tube because it's clogged with the grind. So like you use a, a, a thicker, you know, grind, it's a larger grain. So like you said, you can just slowly pour it and the grinds tend to stay in the bottom of, you know, whatever you're pouring out of um, into the enema bag or bucket. Uh, I generally tend to strain it. I'll use a metal strainer. Um, if you have a coffee pot, which is one of the easiest ways to make the coffee, is just to use a regular drip coffee pot. They come with filters. Now, I don't recommend using the white filters. They've been bleached. Generally, you want to use unbleached filters. Or For most coffee pots, you can actually buy a washable you know, filter. It's kind of mesh and plastic, and you can just wash that. So, you know, it really doesn't matter as long as you, you get most of the bigger grinds out so that it's not clogging your bag. Okay. And uh, what about the enema bag or bucket uh, that you recommend? A lot of people are kind of torn. Um, what, what do you think is best to use or recommended? Honestly, it's a matter of preference. I prefer an enema bag. Uh, it's easy for me. It has a little hook on it. It's easy for me to hang from any surface, uh, and I like that. And, you know, some people don't like that you can't see through the bag. Uh, but for me, I just watch it flatten out, and I know that the coffee's out. You give it a little shake, or you know, you can lift it. You feel the weight of it. You know that it's been emptied into you. Uh, but it's not as easy to clean. Generally, with coffee in my bags, you just when you're done, you just run some hot water in there, give it a shake, rinse it out a couple times, and you're pretty good. They're inexpensive. You can replace them as often as you like. I don't find you need to get too involved in the cleaning of the bag. Some people find that they feel like they need to clean the bag. But there is no flow of coffee or any substance from your body back up into the bag. It's just coffee residues that are in there. So it's pretty easy just to give it a rinse and, and clean that out. With the bucket, what's nice is it's open on the top and it you can easily get a sponge in there and clean it out. Plus, many of the buckets are, are you know, see-through. Basically, you can be laying there and looking at the coffee level come down. So some people prefer that. It's really hard to travel with the bucket. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's big. like a two. Yeah. It's a two quart bucket. Exactly. Yeah, so. that's a little embarrassing going through uh, through security. Oh, I bet that's very funny. Yeah, no, the bags work. The bags are great for travel. They're flat. It's, they easily go into a suitcase. They also easily store in a smaller bathroom. You can tuck them away in a drawer or something much more easily than you can tuck away a bucket. So, but really, it's a matter of personal preference. They both work great. Um, they both. Um, I have clients who who like you know either both of them or one or the other. It's it's really a matter of uh, preference. Okay, so let's get into the the nitty gritty details. A little TMI here. <laughs> what is the procedure to do an enema? How does someone go about doing an enema? All right. Well, first you got to make the coffee. Generally, two cups is plenty of fluid. Some people use a little less, some people use a little bit more. So you make your coffee, start with a very small amount of coffee grinds. If you're very sensitive to caffeine, like I said, just try a pinch of coffee grinds and you make your coffee. Ideally, you want to use either a, a coffee pot, like a drip coffee pot. So you would put the grinds in the, in the filter section of the coffee pot and you pour maybe about a cup of water into the coffee pot and just hit brew and that'll filter down through and make a very weak coffee. Uh, or you can do it on the stove in a pan. So you take the coffee grinds, you put it in the pan on the stove, you add some water, a cup or less, you don't really need a lot for that purpose, and you bring it up to a boil and then you turn it down on low and you let it simmer for about anywhere from six to 13 minutes. And in that case, you may want to pour it through a strainer when you're done. 
um, because you're not using the coffee pot. So now you have your hot coffee concentrated liquid and you can now add either ice cubes or another cup of room temperature water to it to bring it up to your two cups of liquid. Generally, you want to use good water. You want to use you know, very well filtered water. So distilled water is a wonderful option. It's very clean. It does help to extract some of the nutrients and other uh, things that are inside the coffee that are part of what makes the enema effective. So distilled water is very good. Uh, you can use spring water, but generally a filtered water is fine. You can buy bottled filtered water. You're not using this to drink, and you know it's used to, to make the coffee. We don't recommend drinking reverse osmosis water, for example, but you can use it to prepare an enema. So now you have your two cups of liquid, and whether you have a bucket or an enema bag, uh, you would then pour it into the bucket or the bag, and each device works a little differently, but in general, there's the, what holds the coffee, and then there's a long hose that comes off of it, and at the end of that hose is a clamp, and beyond that is the tip, that's the insertion tip. Now, people get a little freaked out uh, about the idea of the insertion tip. I'm sure you've run into this, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, generally, they're small. Um, you know, I would say about the size of your pinky. Um, they, they have larger ones, but you don't need the larger ones. The, the enema bags, that they're very easy to buy. They're a combination enema douche system with the red bag and a white hose that comes off. They have two attachments that come with that, one for, for women, for douching, which is a longer attachment, and then you have the, the uh, smaller uh, attachment that you would use normally, typically for an enema, and it is very small. Uh, so it's quite easy to insert. You definitely want to use some type of lubrication on it, you know, an oil of some kind. You can use olive oil even um, to lubricate, but it's very easy to insert. So it's not, it's not a large insertion tube. For example, when you go do a colonic, it's, it's you know, very wide. It's probably about an inch and a half, you know, maybe an inch and a quarter wide, or it's large. Um, so this is very easy to do with that. So the enema bags um, or bucket, so you pour your coffee in. Now, you've got air in that long tube coming off of this thing. And if you happen to do the enema right then and there, the coffee will come down. It'll push the air out of the tube into your colon. It's okay if that happens. Everybody forgets every once in a while to clear the, the air out of the tube. So don't worry if that happens, the air will come back out. Um, but generally what you want to do is you want to elevate the bucket or the enema bag and you release the clamp, but you hold it over the sink and you, you open the clamp and the coffee flows down through the long tube and it pushes the air out of the tube. And once you see coffee spurt out the end of the enema tube, you then clamp it back closed and hold it walk over to where you're going to do your enema and hold it with the, the bucket or bag slightly over the, the end of the enema tube so that, you know, the coffee stays in that tube. Um, so now you're ready to go. You just put oil on the end of the insertion tube and you can do it anywhere. For the first time, you might want to try it in the bathroom, be in an environment where if you happen to make a mess, it's okay. Um, but, you know, I have people who do them where, you know, they lay in their bed, they lay on the sofa. Um, they, you can do it lying in the bathtub. That's what I do. I make a little nest in the bathtub. I put a couple of towels down on a pillow. I get my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> make myself comfy in the bathtub. Because yeah. it does get messy. I mean, I, for me, at least there's always leakage or you have trouble holding it and a little bit leaks out. And so I just personally wouldn't want to do it on my bed, but some people are better at holding it. Yeah, some people are. 
Uh, some people have no issue. I mean, I have people who, who, even though I don't recommend it, they walk around while holding their coffee enema. Yeah. Uh, they have no problem retaining it. So, and then there are others where you get some leakage. And generally with leakage, you do want to have, you know, do it in the bathroom or the bathtub. I have told people who have a hard time getting onto the floor, which is an issue for some people, um, where it's much easier to get onto a bed. You can just take a very large garbage bag and you lay it on the bed and you put maybe a towel on top of that. So that protects from any leakage. So there, you can pretty much do it anywhere. What you do want to do is you need to be able to elevate the bag or the bucket above your body because gravity is what pulls that coffee down. The higher you elevate it, the more flow you have. So you might be able to lay on the floor and hang it from a doorknob. Um, you know, people have all kinds of ways they set this up. It's something that they hang it from. Um, or you can hold the bag up in the air. And if you can hold it high enough with your hand while you're lying there, you know, the coffee will flow. So you basically want to lay down generally on your back is best. And you insert the tube all the way. You want to get it all the way in, which, you know, about at least three inches and I generally find it's best to hold on to that so it doesn't move around or slip back out. And then you open the clamp and the coffee will start to flow if you've got the bag elevated. Um, be careful if you elevate the bag a lot. Let's say you have it you know, three feet up, you can get quite a flow of coffee. So open the clamp a little bit and judge it based on you know, what you feel happening. So the more you open that clamp, the further you allow that flow, the more coffee goes in at one time. Um, and this is where everybody's different. Some people can fill very quickly. Some people, they have to fill slowly. Um, and you can close that clamp anytime. So you can let a little bit in, close it. Let a little bit in, close it. You're going to feel, especially in the beginning, some cramping, which is your body going, oh, there's stuff here. I have to go to the bathroom now. Well, of course, you're, you're trying not to go to the bathroom then. This is really a, a retention enema. The idea is to retain it, to hold on to the coffee. You want to hold it inside the body um, for a little while. So ideally, you don't want to have to get right up and go to the bathroom. It's okay if you do. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's very hard to mess this up. But generally, you, you want to be able to retain it. So if you start to feel some cramping, close the clamp, take some deep breaths. You can even massage the uh, your lower abdomen area the, the colon wraps around from the right side is where it meets the small intestine so everything enters the, the large intestine on the right side and down by your pelvic area right and then it wraps up and it curves up and around either at the belly button level or above it and then it goes all the way over to the left to the left side and then it comes down and kind of curves its way out so I find when massaging to, to hold the enema it can help to massage upwards from the, the bottom left area of your of the near the pelvic bone there and massage up and then over to the right and around the belly button to keep that coffee from coming out. So fill as slowly as you need to. And um, once you've filled up, you do want to hold the coffee enema for about 15 minutes. Some people like to hold it up to about 30 minutes. Um, it's okay if you forget and fall asleep. I've had clients <laughs> go to sleep with an enema in them. <laughs> That's okay too. You'll just absorb a lot of water, which hydrates the body. That's okay. Yeah, I find sometimes I, I absorb most of the liquid. I'm like, what happened? I'm supposed to eject it. Yeah, yeah. The body either was very thirsty or slightly dehydrated. The, the bowel is, is intended to be a place where the body absorbs water. The, the, the digested food, when it spits out into the large intestine, is full of all these liquids. So as to not have you have diarrhea, part of the function of the colon is to absorb water. It's one of the reasons that your body absorbs the coffee. 
Um, that part of the body is designed to absorb those things and definitely water. So if you're dehydrated, you will absorb a lot of that water. Again, that's okay. Um, it's good. You just hydrated yourself as well as having the benefits of the enema. But in that case, when you go to the toilet afterwards to release the enema, you won't have much come out. Um, one of the things I want to mention as well is that some people find it easiest to do a water enema first to clear some of the fecal matter out of the large intestine before doing the coffee enema. Um, this is not a necessary step, meaning the coffee enema is effective whether you do this or not. But for some people, it helps them to retain the coffee longer if they do the water enema first. Yeah, that's so. that's what I found that I have to, you know, usually when I do one, I, I have fecal matter in there uh, and I have to do, I, I first started using water, but then I just started making it easier and just using, you know, filling up my whole bucket full of coffee and then I do one little two minute enema and then expel it and then fill up again and then I'm ready for my 15 minutes. And that works too, exactly. Yeah, and it's really an individual thing. Uh, everybody, you know, try it both ways. It's faster if you don't have to do the water enema first, or like you do using the, you know, the coffee as that initial cleaning enema. Um, remember, if you do a water enema, you don't have to retain it for 15 minutes. All you're doing is using it to loosen up some of the stool that's in there and help it flow out of the body, so that you can then do the coffee enema where you then try to hold it for 15 minutes. Um, by the way, you will still get benefit if all you can do is hold it for three minutes. Uh, it's Don't give up. <laughs> it's still worth doing that. And like Wendy does, uh, you can do multiple coffee enemas in that situation. You fill the bag a little bit more, do one, hold it for a few minutes, release it, do another one, hold it for a few minutes and release it. You'll, you'll still get benefit that way. Yeah, that's what I did when I first started. I could only do five, five, and five. But now yeah. I'm an old pro, so now I can do the whole 15 in one shot. <laughs> yeah, you do get better at them as you go, but it's true. You become you become more proficient. The body gets used to it. You learn all the tricks. You learn how your body responds to these things. And if all you have time for is a five-minute coffee enema, do it. Uh, I have a client who was, uh, you know, was raising children. She had a, a toddler and another baby, and it was very hard for her to get half an hour to herself. And I told her, that's okay. Then do an enema and hold it for five minutes. And if that's all you can do, great. It's still going to be beneficial. So, yeah, so that's the, that's the idea. You want to hold the enema when you're, when you're laying there holding the enema. You can close the clamp and remove the enema tube, which many people do. Um, and I, usually it's good to have some tissue handy. You just wrap the end of the little tube in some tissue and set it aside. As long as that clamp is really closed, it shouldn't leak. Uh, although sometimes they do, <laughs> yeah, and that's a faulty uh, enema clamp. Um, or sometimes the, the end, the tip, is not screwed on very well um, to where it's supposed to be, and you can get some leakage. That should be corrected. That's faulty. Um, once it's clamped, it shouldn't leak, and you can set it aside, and you can lay any position that's comfortable. You can lay on your back. You can roll onto your right side. You can you know, lay on the left side. Some people turn over and kind of bend down with their, on their hands and knees or their elbows and their knees with, you know, the, the butt elevated a little bit, you know, any position that helps you retain that enema is okay to do. There is no wrong way to do that. Um, so when you're done, then you get up and you go to the, the toilet and you release the enema. Some people have a hard time retaining the enema. Wendy was mentioning that some people have leakage. That is a factor for some people. Uh, you can leave the enema tip in after you've filled up and you leave the clamp open. And as long as the bag or bucket's elevated, 
the body actually will be pushing sometimes gas out, and that's part of the problem. You, you'll feel that pressure and that cramping because of a gas bubble there. And sometimes that can release out through that little tube and up into the bag or bucket. So that can help. If you're having trouble, you can leave the enema tip in. Another choice is to use a wet, uh, slightly damp washcloth. And you press it to the rectum uh, while you're holding the enema. And that can help prevent leakage as well. Yeah, just force it to stay in. <laughs> yeah, you just hold it there. Exactly. Force it to stay in. And... You know, like I said, most people don't have a trouble with that. Some do, so you'll have to see where you fall in that category. Um, and then, and then once you've released the enema, there is some cleanup. So you do, you know, you want to wash the tip with soap. Again, we don't have to go crazy with this and try and disinfect it and put rubbing alcohol all over everything. Usually, soap and water works just fine. I don't disassemble the whole bag. That takes a lot of time. So what you do is you just remove the hose part from the bag or the bucket. Um, and even I mean, with a bucket, you probably don't have to. Um, you can just run water down through the bucket, and it's going to run down that hose. And do that in the shower, over the tub, or over a sink. And you just run water through the inside of the hose to remove any, you know, coffee that might be left inside the hose. And you give the bag or bucket a rinse. And that's really, you know, the simplicity of the cleanup. So where can find someone find instructions on how to do a coffee enema properly? So they, they need it just all spelled out for them on paper. Well, I imagine you might have something on your website. Um, I certainly do on mine at uh, MosesNutrition.com. Um, Dr. Wilson also has the instructions on his website, DRLWilson.com. Um, generally, you're going to hunt around and find all kinds of different instructions. I find what we do fairly safe. Um, I don't like people filling up with large volume coffee enemas. The goal really isn't that you need to fill up the entire large intestines. Um, what happens as you dump that bile is it comes down and it enters the large intestine and it moves through pretty quickly and it has a cleansing effect on the deeper parts of the large intestines, right? So this isn't a colonic. Um, so I find that where people run into trouble with enemas you know, stripping the bowel of necessary things or causing some other problem is when they, they overfill and they do it, you know, too much with that over too much volume of liquid um, in and out of the body. So generally, if you, uh, if you use, you know, just use less water. So instructions where you go online, if you're poking around and it has stuff with higher volume enemas, I would be, I would be leery of that. I wouldn't do those. Yeah, I do have instructions on my site on uh, live110.com. If you search for coffee enemas, I have a blog post appropriately titled Coffee Enemas. And <laughs> yeah. All kinds of info about how they're beneficial and the procedure to do them. How to do them. Yeah, I have on my website, I do have a video on how to assemble the enema bag. Shockingly, the instructions do not come with almost any one of those I've ever bought, no matter the brand. They don't seem to have the instructions. And I was surprised when I put up that video how many views it has gotten on YouTube um, because people can't figure out how to put those bags together. So I do have that video. Eventually, I'll have more videos on, on all the various components of doing a coffee enema. So yeah, between your website, Wendy, and mine, and Dr. Wilson's, you're pretty covered. And I also have a very long questions and answers section on my website about coffee enemas. Yeah, it's funny. My, uh, my video on, on YouTube on coffee enemas is the most popular one I have. It's the most viewed one. Yeah. Interesting. It is, it is, yeah. I think we've, you know, with the experience of Dr. Wilson and other practitioners, um, you know, I have a lot of experience with them on myself and, and with my clients. You know, I think we've got this pretty well taped. 
So you, you're going to know what you need to know if you use the, you know, the various resources we've listed. Um, like I said, there are a lot of different things that come up, a lot of questions. Almost everything is normal. If you get bloated up afterwards, that's okay. If you don't let all the coffee out, that's okay. If you let some of it out and six hours later more comes out, that's okay. <laughs> it's almost anything you're going to experience is going to be normal. And I've read on Wikipedia that coffee enemas can cause brain lesions and even death and a bunch of really ridiculous claims. And I actually tried to rewrite the Wikipedia um, you know, post about it because uh, that's what it says on the Wikipedia coffee enemas post. Um, yeah. But of course, they didn't allow me to rewrite it. So are these claims valid and are coffee enemas safe? Because I think this is most people's concern. Yeah, we've had quite a safety record with these. And Dr. Wilson's 30 years of having you know, thousands of people, you're talking tens of thousands of people do these coffee enemas. He has not had any negative reports back. So it's, it's very safe. Again, it depends on what you're doing. You know, one of the cases that, that is referenced often, this, this person was doing, I think it was 12 coffee enemas in a day or something. And, and I, as I recall, it was an elderly individual. So, you know, you have to do them properly. I mean, you can drink too much water and die. So would you say water isn't safe? You know, it really depends on how you're doing the enema. So when you follow our instructions, and of course, be smart about it. If you notice yourself feeling faint or feeling a little strange, you know, check into that. And generally, it is a good idea to be working with a practitioner who understands coffee enemas so that you, you know, can ask questions if you're encountering an issue. But we haven't had any trouble with them in any safety regard, which is actually very nice. There are a couple things that are that one can keep an eye on. There are reports that, that coffee enemas can uh, cause uh, anemia and people who are already prone to that. that I haven't confirmed that. Um, you know, that might be an issue. So, of course, be smart about how you're doing things. You know, obviously, if you're noticing problems, you know, check into it. But it's very funny. I, I didn't see this, but my office manager here was watching that show called My Strange Addiction, um, where they show people who, you know, have various things they do. They like to eat paper or toothpaste or something. Yeah. <laughs> and she happened to see an episode where this couple was, quote, unquote, addicted to coffee enemas. <laughs> they, were, they were doing four or five a day. And uh, for a long time, they've been doing this for years, and they felt fantastic. And, of course, doctors um, who don't have a lot of familiarity with these. You know, this is not a um, – while it was in the Merck Medical Manual, which is, you know, the, the most used medical textbook, um, is, it was in there, actually. Coffee enemas were in there, uh, I think, up until – I'm not sure when they were removed, maybe the 70s or 80s. For some reason, they were taken out. But basically – Doctors don't really have a lot of familiarity with this, so they get a little nervous sometimes. And so the doctor they had on this show was uh, admonishing them for doing so many enemas and telling them how bad it is for their health. And so they said, well, show us it's bad for our health and we'll stop. So he ran tests, all kinds of tests, uh, up and down, all over, anything he could find to test on them, and everything came back normal. So they, of course, said, well, thanks, but you know, we're going to keep doing these. <laughs> so I thought that was a very funny one. I don't know where anyone could access that, but that was my strange addiction on coffee enemas. So they do appear to be generally quite safe. Yeah, I find that after I do one, I get pretty low blood sugar. And yes. so I usually find that I have to, uh, to have like a little snack or something right afterward because I can feel maybe kind of lightheaded or just you know low blood sugar, a little bit weak. That is one component, absolutely. Um, some people do have that, sometimes eating a little bit beforehand. 
Um, definitely eating a little something afterwards can assist with that. I think you're going to find as the body gets healthier, um, that happens less. Yeah. And also about the timing, um, since we are, this does involve caffeine, should people not do them after a certain time? Like they say, don't drink coffee, you know, after 3 PM because it could keep some people up. Yes. Um, that is a factor and each person's individual there. Some people, it relaxes them and they fall asleep more easily. So you have to play with this, but I generally recommend starting early in the day. Uh, either first thing in the morning or sometime by maybe 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon so that you see how your body responds. There is caffeine. There is a lift. Uh, it often provides a really nice mental clarity. I don't know if you've experienced this, Wendy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's very nice. It's not like a coffee buzz that you get from drinking coffee. There's a little bit of a lift in energy and a certain kind of waking up feeling to the brain. Um, but, you know, it does give you that energy boost. So some people have trouble falling asleep at night. I usually say to my clients to, to play around with it. You know, some people wake up in the middle of the night with headaches or something where they don't feel well. And in that case, sometimes a coffee enema is exactly what they need to be able to go back to sleep. So that can be individual, but generally you're right. You do want to do it earlier in the day. Um, and one thing that I didn't mention that I meant to earlier is that when you're doing a coffee enema, again, it's not just the liver that's cleansing. The, the cells of the whole body sometimes go into a cleanse. And there are times when you do a coffee enema where afterwards you don't feel well. You get really tired. Some people feel really cold. Um, you might feel some other symptom that's, that's a negative symptom. And what I found is that if you follow that enema up with another one, when you don't feel well afterwards, that second enema usually mops up what's been released by the first enema, and then you actually feel better. So keep that in mind. When you're doing coffee enemas, if you don't feel well after the first one, the best thing to do is go do another coffee enema. That usually takes care of it. Yeah, what I found really interesting about coffee enemas when I was researching my blog post about them was that it's almost like a, a blood cleansing, like a blood transfusion, because when you're holding this enema for 15 minutes, your blood filters through your liver four or five times. So mm -hmm. all the junk and, um, you know chemicals and heavy metals and stuff that are perhaps floating around in your blood are then dumped by the liver into the intestines for elimination. That's right. Yeah. And if it's a very strong dump, by the way, you can get nauseous afterwards. If something very toxic comes out of your liver into your small intestines, that can happen and just usually passes. But yes, it does do that. And I think there's a mechanism in the body somehow where the, the body knows that the liver can now handle more toxins. It's, it's like a signal goes out, okay, we're, we're, we're clean, we're ready for the next batch. And the cells then you know, dump more toxins now that the liver has been cleaned up and can handle it. So it creates more stages of detoxification that, that follow the enema. Yeah, I love it. I really love doing coffee enemas and I've been doing them for a couple of years now. And I have a friend of mine that's been doing them for 20 years. She doesn't, every Saturday morning, that's her little, her little date with her coffee enema bag. <laughs> and, I believe it. People get to like these things. You actually get to look forward to your enema. Um, it's, it's very funny how that works. At first there's some, you know, a repulsion, you know, you want me to put coffee where? And yeah. as you do them, eventually you get to looking forward to them. It's a, it's a quiet time to yourself. You get to lay there, read a book, watch TV, read your favorite magazine, and, you know, it, you don't feel like you're just laying around doing nothing. You know, you're doing something very helpful for yourself. And then you, you feel those positive benefits. And so, you know, most people 
who do these regularly actually start to look forward to that time of their day. Yeah, every person, a lot of my friends that I've introduced the coffee enemas to are totally into them now and they couldn't be without them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, a lot of people feel that way. I love them. I actually enjoy doing my coffee enemas. I could probably stop now, but I don't know that I want to. <laughs> yeah, why stop? Yeah, need to. yeah they, they continue to provide benefit. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add to our conversation? I think we've covered everything fairly thoroughly. Yeah, I think people are really going to love this podcast. They're going to eat it up. I hope so. They're very beneficial. You know, coffee enemas in and of themselves do provide a lot of benefits. Of course, you want to make sure you're drinking plenty of good water. We do recommend spring water or carbon filtered water, not reverse osmosis. You want to stay hydrated. You obviously want to eat healthy food, lots of cooked vegetables, good proteins. Um, You know, so there are other components. It's not a cure-all, right? You do want to combine it with other smart choices when it comes to nutrition. But uh, generally, almost anyone can do them. There are a couple of people who, you know, may have fissures, anal fissures, or very severe hemorrhoids where it's not a good idea or can aggravate that. But pretty much anybody can do them. Okay, great. Yeah. And, uh, and I definitely, it's coffee enemas are a wonderful com- single component of a completer detoxification program like nutritional balancing. That's right. Yep. And so I have a question that I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most compelling health issue facing the world today? I think if I were to narrow it down to one thing, it would have to be the quality of our food and choices people are making about what they eat. Uh, there, there are We have you know, very poor quality food today. Um, it's full of pesticides, full of chemicals. Our, our soils are depleted. So even if you're getting organic food, a lot of it doesn't have the most dense you know, nutrients in it. It really should be there if the soils are healthy. So we get very depleted, even if you're trying to eat healthy. Now, of course, many people today aren't. You know, they're eating at fast food restaurants. They do a lot of you know, pre prepped processed foods, they're drinking sodas, all of this not only provides toxins to the body, but it's depleting the body of nutrients that the body needs to handle toxins. So as that rolls forward, we get more and more toxic, more and more depleted. So food and and proper food choices and being responsible for what you put in your mouth, um, I think is one of the most important things. And, And it's not, you know, schools don't teach this, you know, it's just, it's not addressed very fully. We should be taught Part of growing up is how do you eat properly to keep your body healthy yeah i absolutely agree i think it's a huge huge problem and even when people think they're eating healthy and eating organic they are more than likely still eating a nutrient deficient diet exactly and that's the problem yeah and that sets you up for all the other issues when your body's deficient in the correct foods you absorb more toxins from the environment uh, there is a, a relationship there so you know all of it really hinges around getting the right nutrients into your body Well, thank you so much, Nikki, and thank you for that really informative show. And can you tell the listeners a little bit more about you and where they can find you and what you're up to? Yeah, I'm a nutritional consultant in Los Angeles. I do work with clients all over the world um, because nutritional balancing uses a sample of hair. Uh, Anybody can mail hair from anywhere, and we send that to the lab, and, and we look at the biochemical blueprint of the body in order to supply you with the right diet and nutrient suggestions so your body can start healing itself. So I've been doing this for about five years, working very closely with Dr. Wilson, who is 
probably the, the, the main teacher of, of this particular science. He has, you know, many practitioners who have trained under him. And um, I actually now teach this um, to other practitioners. So I work very closely with him. And I have gotten into this through my own health journey. I was, you know, very ill, actually, since I was a baby and searched everywhere to find something that would correct my health. And this is what worked for me. So I'm very happy to be a practitioner delivering this program now. Uh, my website is mosesnutrition.com. That's M-O-S-E-S nutrition.com. Uh, you can, I have a contact form there and, and, you know, all the information on what I do and, and how to reach me. And so, uh, yeah. So, and like I said, I also have questions and answers and about coffee enemas, which can be very helpful as well. And thank you for helping me in my first year and a half on a nutritional balancing program and answering the thousand questions I had about <laughs> supplements. I was hell-bent on adding supplements to the program. Uh, but I really appreciate the comp- contribution you've uh, you've made to to me and my health and the listeners' knowledge about how to truly achieve the level of health that we deserve. Well, well it was my pleasure, Wendy. You were a joy to work with. Thank you. <laughs> and all the listeners out there, if you want to learn about weight loss or the modern paleo diet, which is my version of paleo, go to liveto110.com and sign up for my free 33-page Lived 110 by Wing Less e-guide. And you'll also get my 14-part email series about the modern paleo diet and how to live a long, healthy, disease-free life. And if you want to learn about more about health, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at I Will Live to 110. I am also on YouTube at Wendy Live to 110. And I am also on Instagram and Pinterest at simply Live to 110. And I say that one more time. <laughs> so uh, please go check out our websites. Uh, Kate was not here with us today, but she can be found at fitness-broad.com. And I am on live to 110.com. If you like what you heard on the show today, please give the Live to 110 podcast a nice review and rating in iTunes. I would appreciate it so much. So thank you for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.